Country Life on Midlands 103. Brought to you by W. Orshaw Burlington Business Park Tullamore. Supplier of New Holland's tractors in the Midlands. Worshaw.ie. Now, good evening and welcome to Country Life here on Midlands 103. It's MJ Cleary with you for the next hour. Bring you the latest from the Midlands and further afield from the worlds of agriculture, food and agribusiness. Now, thank you all for joining me. And another very good growing week since I was speaking to you all last. Almost tropical weather conditions with rain and heat. The issue is trying to keep quality in the grass at the moment. But that is certainly a first world problem when July is just around the corner. So great growing conditions over the course of the last week. Next week sees the weather getting a little bit cooler. We're down into the higher teens from the early 20s but a bit of respite from that heat is no problem either. Now before I start this week just an update on the nature restoration law. It's the EU legislation that will have huge effects on bog rewetting here in the Midlands. That legislation has hit a slight roadblock this week when there was a split decision in Europe. Now look this isn't going to be the end of it but at least it shows some disquiet in relation to it. There needs to be a huge amount of discussion on this and a lot more discussion in relation to what is going to occur. Uh, farmers cannot be in a position where their lands are effective if they border Bordnamona or Quilch lands that will be rewetted. And that is a red line issue for agriculture and everybody needs to be on the same page in relation to that. Uh, now this evening's programme and next week sees the big dairy open day in Moor Park. And there is a lot on offer on the day, a huge schedule of events. And Joe Patton from Chagas will join me later to chat about it. And the message is one of balance, balancing sustainability and profitability. Uh, And that word of profitability, that's really key. So it's fine for politicians to speak about what farmers need to do, but they are not the one taking any pay cuts. Uh, We're willing to do everything in our power to help the environment, but crucifying profitability on farms won't serve anybody. And simply put, food will come from countries who have a huge carbon footprint. Now, this is the message and government needs to listen to it. More on this a little later in the hour. The FTMTA, the Farm Machinery Association, have their biannual machinery show. It's taking place next week in Punchestown. It's a huge event and it sees all of the main machinery manufacturers from Europe showing their wares. It's the only dedicated machinery show in the country and it really is the place to be if you are a contractor or a machinery enthusiast. It's on next Wednesday and Thursday and later in the hour we'll be speaking to Westmead man and president of the FTMTA, Carl Dygan. An IFA Organic Open Day takes place tomorrow in Abbey Leaks on the farm of John Fitzpatrick, the chair of Leash IFA. There's a big lineup of speakers on the day from Board B at Chagas and the Department of Agriculture. John will join me later to chat about the event. He's an organic dairy farmer and a rule that he feels need to be, needs to be changed is that only 10% of replacements in organic dairy can come from conventional herds. He feels the genetic merit is simply not there in organics and that figure needs to be increased. But more on that a little bit later now. As always, please text the show with your comments, thoughts or questions to 083 30 10 103. First up this evening, we are talking about the trade, the cattle trade to start. We have Darren Carty from the Irish Farmers Journal. Darren, many thanks for taking my call this evening. Good evening, MJ. Uh, Darren, we'll kick off with the cattle trade and your headline on tomorrow's Farmers Journal is Beef Finishers Losing €300 Per Head. I have to ask, Darren, what in God's name are the beef factories playing at at the moment? They're dropping the price again this week. Are they genuinely trying to drive farmers away from finishing cattle? Well, definitely it makes very sobering reading, uh, MJ. And while I suppose 
you would normally expect, say, as, as you head into the summer months and more glass catching coming out, that there would be a bit of pressure on price. But they, I suppose the timing of it this year is unprecedented. That normally, say, farmers would have targeted that June period for the last maybe a shed cattle finished or for forward stores bought in spring that would be turned around after a sort of 50 to 70 day feeding period. And they are the, I suppose, animals that are really exposed at the moment. And that's where that sort of 300 euro figure is coming from. The stores bought in at a, at a right good price. Uh, now, it was all needed given her input costs have gone. And we've seen beef prices fall 40 or 50 cent a kilo in recent weeks. And it has just eroded any chance of making a margin. And also put those cattle into severe loss making territory. And look at us, you're talking about factories there. Uh, there's another price pull again this week, unfortunately, uh, and indications, according to my colleague Adam Woods, would be that it isn't uh, stopping there and that there could be more to come in the weeks ahead. And is there any reason reasoning given, uh, Darren? Like we always see a, a drop in price, as you say, when the, the glut of cattle come on the market, but it's always later in the year. Like people who finish in bull beef, for example, in early June are expecting far higher prices than this. Uh, we've had good weather, so obviously there's a demand for manufacturing beef. Uh, what's the, the, the word in relation to this drop? Yes, yeah, so the, the word from, say, the meat factories or from Meat Industry Ireland would be that uh, demand has stagnated across Europe and look at there is there is definitely some merit in that uh, in Jay, that there is maybe less spending at the moment if we look at the prices across many other European countries they've experienced similar falls as well prices in France have come well back prices in Germany have come well back uh, so you're in I suppose maybe a challenging position in that uh, as an exporting country and, and very reliant on prices and export markets that we have been, I suppose, bearing the brunt of that. Now, the one thing that the IFA and other farm organisations would would point out to ICSA as well is that, the, I suppose, the price point or the price gap between Irish and UK beef is still somewhere in the magnitude of 220 to 270 euros ahead. So they would feel that there is more scope to return more of a margin from the UK market. But definitely we do, uh, I suppose, have to look at the EU market as well and it is worrying from a point of view of consumption coming under pressure at this time of the year or at this early stage particularly as you said as there has been ideal weather for say barbecue seasons for you'd imagine manufacturing beef and we're also at a relatively low uh, production capacity right across Europe in that June is one of the months where we generally June and July where we generally have uh, one of our lowest outputs of beef and you would normally have been expecting to get a kick in price. Yeah, it's one of the hungry months. Uh, what I would say, Darren, is just keeping an eye on Mark bids over the last couple of weeks, the reduction in price in the factory hasn't seemed to translate across to the marts, especially with lighter steers and heifers. No, uh, it is definitely, it's a heavier cattle. Uh, it is definitely, I think, if you were to look now at good heifers, they're probably struggling to get over 1,500, 1,600 unless they're heavy and uh, right nice ones as well. But if you were to drop down in, a farmer said to me this week he was selling Charlie heifers, uh, 500 to 550 kilos, now good heifers from 1,450 to 1,570. And he said he was turning around to replace those heifers and he said that they were upwards of anywhere from 1,050 up to 1,150. 
Uh, so there is still a good bit of appetite and a good bit of demand there for lighter stock. Uh, and we're seeing, I suppose, that has been the case right across the year uh, in that farmer demand is still holding well. And I think that one of the things that has been apparent this year is that uh, because of the late spring, there is more farmers in the market for cattle later into this year. And we haven't seen the same slippage or the same drop off in price within lighter cattle as we normally would see. Yeah, two prices from Burr on Monday. Um, Darren, that I just have in front of me. Uh, Hereford, Heifer, 272 kilo. So a light little bit of a runner there. Uh, 700 euro. That's 257 a kilo. That's a that's a really, really, really strong price considering where it's at. Another one, uh, Heifer again, 340 kilos. A slightly better store. 890 euro, 261 a kilo. So on average, you're talking in around 260 a kilo for that, you know, in around 300 kilo uh, Heifer. It's uh, it's huge money in, in comparison to what the factories are paying at the moment yeah good money but they would also I suppose if we were talking maybe five or six weeks ago them same cattle would probably be back about 25 or 30 cents now I know you can talk say this time of the year and you can say that the cheap weight gain that you would have had five or six weeks ago isn't there and that's true uh, but say those cattle have, have maybe taken a slight hit but relative as you say to beef price they the trade for lighter cattle hasn't been affected to the same context as what as what heavy cattle have been. And moving on to the sheep trade, uh, Darren, how are uh, lambs going at the moment? Yeah, uh, we're probably at the end of the busiest week of the year in regards to processing capacity. So the Islamic festival of Eid al-Adha uh, begins today, runs until Sunday, and that has given a real boost to the trade over the last week. Uh, buying for that, I suppose, uh, starts with factories probably last Tuesday, Wednesday, and would have finished today. Uh, buy-in for live exports uh, took place before that, and that gave it a nice little boost. But if we were to look at last week's kill, hit 70,000. That was up 17,000 ahead on the week before. So a real, I suppose, maybe significant increase in the in the kill, and some factories working to peak process and then even killing last Saturday. Uh, I expect that the kill this week will be somewhere between 65 and 70,000 head. But uh, from, say, tomorrow morning and onwards, there'll be a sort of, I suppose, maybe an adjustment period, MJ, where, in fact, uh, say, the markets will, I suppose, react to how much sheep meat is there, what demand is like as the festival is going on. And if uh, there generally is a sort of lull period in that, and factories have moved to pull prices, quotes for tomorrow morning now would be 30 cents a kilo back. Uh, the two Irish country meats plants will be caught on a base of 7.30 plus 20 cents after a QA payment. Kildare Chillin, 7.40 plus 10 cents. So around that 7.50 a kilo mark, that's probably back 30 cents on the early end of the week. Yes, there is, say, producers uh, getting a touch more with, with greater negotiating power. Our groups will be coming into 7.60, 7.65. Uh, I think what you'll see happening is... Uh, like normally this time of the year, prices would follow a seasonal downward trend. How apparent that will be or how quick that happens will depend on what sort of numbers come on stream in the next week. Because what we've seen with Eid Al-Adha this year is that as it moves forward every year, sort of that 10 days, two weeks, lamb supplies have been tighter and a lot of farmers have maybe drafted lighter to take advantage of that. And also you'll have a lot of mid-season lamb flocks wean and lambs in the next sort of week to 10 days and that will slow up throughput as well so what you would hope for now is that there will be I suppose a, a fall off in supplies coming on stream and that that will hopefully help to keep a flow under the trade as the market adjusts after either ladder 
that average of about uh, say 780, 790 a week ago um, Darren where was that in comparison to this time last year? Yeah uh, ahead of this time last year uh, say we wouldn't have had the boost to meet a ladder for another 10 days uh, but you'll be looking maybe 10, 15 cents even 20 cents ahead uh, like I would have seen this sort of two, three weeks ago you would have said was a key moment uh, where factories did pull prices live exporters started buying in that week and at the end of the week factories had reversed the price cuts or some of the uh, price cuts I think if I remember correctly the price cuts around 20 cents a kilo and they added 10 cents more back into the trade at the end of the week so I think that uh, the time need of that has been say great to extend the higher prices uh, my fear would be that you probably will end up in the same position in a few weeks' time and that the wind prices will continue to adjust. Now, saying that, uh, markets have been pretty good. The one area that we have to watch is the UK trade. And while the beef, uh, say, prices are well ahead of Irish prices and the UK markets, it's a different kettle of fish when it comes to sheep. And if we get a big influx of sheep onto the market in the UK, uh, they very quickly... Uh, I suppose pass on a move shift lambs, and it does have a big impact on, let's say, our competitive advantage in European markets, and that does put a bit of pressure on price. So that's something that we'll be looking at closely, given that the UK prices came back a lot quicker than the Irish price in recent weeks. Yeah, very good. We'll keep an eye on it, Darren. I have to say many thanks for a great roundup there, as always. We'll let you go, and we'll speak to you again here on the program. Thanks, Andrew. Uh, Darren Carty there from the Irish Farmers Journal and I am going to go to a break straight away and coming up after the break I'm going to be speaking to Joe Patton from Chagas that's in advance of the Dairy Open Day which is taking place next Tuesday in Moore Park it's the annual event there's a big lineup, so stay tuned and you'll hear Joe Patton in just a few moments Country Life on Midlands 103 Brought to you by W. Orshaw Burlington Business Park Tullamore Supplier of New Holland's tractors in the Midlands worshaw.ie And you're very welcome back to Country Life here on Midlands 103. Now we're moving on with Dairy and I have Joe Patton from Chagas on the line. Joe, many thanks for joining me this evening. Thank you, how are you? Well good Joe, uh, you have your big event next week, it's the Dairy Open Day, it's next Tuesday July 4th in Moore Park. Look it's always a very well attended event Joe and this year will be more of the same I'm sure. We would hope so, and, uh, yeah, it's um, let's say an interesting time for dairy farmers at the moment, um, lots to talk about, um, obviously big challenges around sustainability, water quality, also a big challenge this year in terms of uh, milk price changes and, and milk price decline and what that means for farm profit. So always a dynamic um, industry and hopefully a dynamic event as well, Andrew. Yeah, and the heading of it is Securing a Sustainable Future. And as I said at the outset of the programme here, it's about the, the balance. Look, it always is. I know Dairy Farmer had a very good year last year, uh, but uh, in general, look, w- one year is good, the next year may not be so good, and you have to take it as a few years at a time. This is called Securing a Sustainable Future, but it's about balancing sustainability and profitability. And that's something we really can't forget, uh, Joe, in all walks of agriculture, look, especially dairy, and that uh, we, have to, we have to keep the whole system profitable. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the good news stories, MJ, from a, a lot of work we've done ourselves in research, but also at farm level, you can see that, that profitability and environmental sustainability, and importantly as well, labour sustainability, the workload on farms, they can all actually go hand in hand, which is a good news story, I think. You know, And a lot of that is down to 
getting the technologies right. I know it wouldn't be a more park open day without mentioning grass and clover. Also, you know, genetics and cow type as well, but also how the systems are set up. You know, it, it, there are challenges there. There's no doubt about that. Practices will help deliver improvements in, in, um, in environmental outputs as well or environmental outcomes, I suppose. Uh, but we just have to try and pull the whole system together. And really, what the open day about is about really is for you know, farmers and people involved in the industry to see what's going on and see maybe what they can do for themselves in their own in their own yard as well to, to try and uh, improve things. You know. Yeah, I see, uh, Joe. You have tech. Look, it's, there's a there's a huge amount on offer over the course of the day. It won't be there good and early in the morning if you're planning on getting around to everything. But uh, one of the areas I'm just looking at here are the technology villages. So look, you have oh. grass ten. You have grassland village, signpost village. One Health Village, Breeding and Reproduction Village, Working Effectively Village, Infrastructure Village, Skills Village. There's a lot of villages here. Um, Look, it's a good idea, Joe. I suppose what it is, is people are going to look, farmers are going to look at maybe one or two things that they're interested in. They're going to try and go to those maybe uh, above trying to get to them all. Is there one or two things there that uh, you have your eye on that you'd like to see people pop into something a bit different? Sure, look, it's it's a thing we would say, look, like all of these days, we'll we'll have the four sort of name stands up front and then it's about people maybe picking what they want to see themselves and yeah, that that is important. So like far be for me to tell anyone what they want to go and look at themselves, but mm. you know, it's really if you have something that's in your mind that's uh, an issue that you want an answer to, we hopefully we can answer it for you on the day. So I think one of the big things actually is around, you know, the skills village. So mm. there's there's things there with practical skills as well. So infrastructure, you know, road and road and paddock design is an inter- always an interesting one. You know, milking skills, which people often overlook, actually, and milking intervals and stuff like that. Getting a, a more um, labour-efficient type system in, in, in place is a big one. And obviously, there'll be lots of talk as well about, the, you know, there's a lot of progress being made on, on genetics, I would say. So, obviously, genotyping of the, of the national herd underway. The, the dairy beef index is an important one as well. So, we look at some progenies from that, too, and see what can, can happen there. And, you know, the developments in EBI around, you know, improvements in the fertility index and also the carbon index as well. So the breed one is a big one, I think, but the skills and the labour one, I think, is should be of interest to people as well. And obviously, you have your, your grass and clover uh, demonstration as well, which is always always um, a popular one too. Yeah, you mentioned there, Joe, the uh, genomics scheme or the genotyping, the national herd uh, has just opened. It's open for the next few weeks. What feedback are you getting from that, uh, Joe? Do you think uh, dairy farmers are going to go for it? I think a lot of people will. Um, it's like all of these things, I suppose. There's always that group of dairy farmers. Or any, any, in any system of farming, there's always a, a group that will go for things first. There'll always be a group that will hang back a little bit and see what's all this about. And then there'll be another group that will maybe not, you know, that will hang back even further. But so far, the reports are, are, are very positive around it. I think it, it, the question really is, what can it deliver in time? And, and I suppose that's, there's no point in doing it for the sake of it. Um, it would certainly we would be looking at it to accelerate genetic gain on the dairy side, but also maybe to get some more clarity and some better figures on on the beef side of things as well. So calf crop quality will be an important one when when when, when calves and 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 stock are genotyped. There's also going to be interesting stuff on the health side possibly coming down the line in time. So very interesting work around you know being able to predict cell count more accurately for genotype herds that type of stuff. So I suppose when farmers, I'd encourage people to read about it get a bit of information from your advisor, see what it can do for your farm, if it can improve the breeding in your herd, definitely something that should be considered, I would say. 
Yeah, all dairy farmers at the moment, you're thinking about the derogation. It's the big thing on the tip of everyone's yeah. tongue at the moment. Water quality derogation. I just see in here you have uh, an area in uh, water quality is up here in, one, in the signpost uh, village. Uh, again, I suppose the the viewpoint on this going forward, uh, Joe, are we, are we going to meet these uh, requirements in relation to water quality? Again, dairy farmers coming back to you. Are, are they worried about the derogation, the possible move down to 220, uh, hopefully at 220? What's the, the word from uh, your members? Yeah, that's, that's, look, it's a, it's a concern. It's certainly a concern, I suppose. Last year was probably dominated by, by the questions around banding MJ, and that's kind of come in and has settled down as people have seen where they are. The 250-221 is certainly a, certainly a concern in lots of, lots of parts of the country. And actually, we do have a forum or there's an arena actually at the Open Day as well where we'll have um, Eddie Burgess from our own catchments program, from the Chargers catchments program. And they're showing some nice data as to what practices actually do relate to changes in, in, in water quality and how you know soil type and weather can have an effect. There'll also be Department of Ag staff there as well to to answer questions around uh, you know the future direction of where, where derogation is going and that type of thing. So, look, at it, it's, it's a big concern, obviously, but we, we have to also say that there are practices there that can help, that farmers can employ to improve to improve water quality. The, the, the stocking rate issue is still on the, on the table, I would say, in terms of the debate around it and what effect it can have or not have. So, you know, some of the data from the, from the catchers program is interesting around that uh, in terms of, you know, you know, the, the scale of the difference that could make and our own, our own modelling work would show that it, it's moderate enough actually in terms of water quality change going from 250 to 220. So that has to be borne in mind as well. So there's lots of changes there for farmers to think about. I'd have a lot of sympathy for farmers too, listening to a lot of speculation. We probably need to implement what we can at the moment and um, clarity hopefully on the 220, 250 situation will emerge over the, over the, over the coming weeks and months, I would say. Yeah, it is something that um, we do, as you say, Joe, clarity is what we need. A lot of farmers are yeah. uh, really wondering at the moment. Uh, finally, Joe, is there a stand somewhere that predicts milk prices for the rest of the year? <laughs> I think that one is going to be debated on every single stand from the start to the to the finish, MJ. I suppose, you know, look at it, it's an interesting one. We, we always have the, the debate around, you know, what influence things like, you know, Chagas and, and figures all this can have on milk price. It has absolutely no influence whatsoever. Uh, on milk price, we would hope actually on the other side of it though, we could try and have some influence on the cost of production because that's, we look about controlling what we can control, uh, which is really the cost of production and to be fair that's slightly out of farmers control here last year with the way the input prices went but certainly it's a focus for us this year to keep farmers legitimately looking at the cost that they can make savings on. Of course there are high costs because of input prices being higher but there are, there are potential uh, changes there as well. But there will be at the, at the very end of the of the line, basically, I suppose we're keeping the best to last. There is a forum on, you know, market outlooks and where that's likely likely to go. Some relatively positive signals, I would say, um, for the second of the last quarter of the year. But really, you know, not to hit the heights we were at last year, but maybe some settling in the price at, at close to where we're at at the moment, which would be welcome. Some stability for dairy farmers would certainly be welcome uh, for the for the later part of the year. We would say. Uh, Joe, look, that's lovely. Thanks for a uh, roundup there. No doubt you're going to get a big turnout next Tuesday, July 4th in Moor Park. What time are you opening the gates at? Gates are open around a quarter past eight, but it's open. the site is open till about five o'clock. Look, I'd say anywhere from sort of quarter past half eight, MJ, and it'll take, you'd be allowed in sort of three, four hours to get around it all, so something like that. And look, it's a free event, we should say as well. Uh, it's an open-air event, so be ready for be ready for the, the rain, but also be ready for the sun if it's a good day. Um, 
we see a lot of we see a lot of people struggling with the sun as much as the rain. So be careful on that one. And the potato on site as well. So there'll be there'll be there'll be a bit of grub available for, for when you when you're halfway through. Okay? Very very good. Many thanks, Joe. Not at all. Okay, take care. Uh, Joe Patton from Chagas and as we said that's the event uh, taking place next week uh, Joe alluded to it there and we're talking about the National Genotyping Programme it has just been launched uh, last week and it's open for dairy farmers until July 14th so look you won't feel it and uh, applications to the scheme it's true uh, ag food as usual and it is uh, it's uh, I, should, I was going to say it's free the total cost for the farmer will be 6 euro per animal which uh, shows a, a good rebate it is uh, subsidised including the cost of the tags for farmers in the scheme the tags uh, they will be using next year will contain the standard ID tags plus electronic ID BVD tissue tags and tissue tag for DNA samples so look uh, it's very straightforward uh, it's going to be a matter of taking your sample send it off turnaround time for uh, it is uh, mooted to be 11 days so that's going to be very 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 quick and uh, I'm wondering how the labs are going to handle the huge amount of volume but obviously this has been thought about by the powers that be I really hope that this program is taken up by dairy farmers uh, to improve the genetic merit of your own herd but also the a really important aspect of it is the genetic merit of the dairy beef calf because uh, look over the past few years uh, we see that quality it has diminished Uh, it is harder and harder to get a good quality uh, beef dairy calf and that's why the DBI is something that's uh, very important also and hopefully this scheme will help to have a good beef calf there available for somebody who's willing to purchase it and go on and feed it for those couple of years two and a half three years two and a half years I suppose to get it up to beef and uh, that's going to be a really important aspect of it too so that is open for applications at the moment the National Genotyping Programme now coming up after the break we are staying on dairy but it's organic dairying and it's an open day which is taking place tomorrow in Abbey Leaks on the farm of John Fitzpatrick IFA Leash Chair so stay tuned for that Country Life on Midlands 103 brought to you by W. Orshaw Burlington Business Park Tillamore supplier of New Holland's tractors in the Midlands worshaw.ie and you're very welcome back to Country Life on Midlands 103. Now, moving on to an event taking place in County Leash tomorrow, and it's on the farm of John Fitzpatrick. John, many thanks for taking my call this evening. Thank you, Andrew. Uh, so you are, John, well known in County Leash, you're the IFA chair. Uh, you're also an organic dairy farmer, and that's what the walk tomorrow is going to be about. But it's more of an information session, really. There's a wide array of speakers, and we'll chat about the lineup in a moment. But first, John, just a little bit about your, your own enterprise. When did you convert to organics, and uh, what is the system at the moment? Well, um, I'm two year um, gone to dairy, but I am actually 18 year organic. Um, I was suckling to sucklers to England and I the dairying I suppose is something I always had an interest in and I got an opportunity of um picking up a, a second hand machine and, and tank and located some cows which in the organic system is not very easily done. But um I put it into an existing shed and, and got going that way. So I'm up to thirty seven cows there now at the moment. And um, is that the sole enterprise on the farm, John? 37, 37 cows, is that it? Is there any tillage? Yeah, 37 cows plus, plus followers. Oh, yeah, very good. Yeah. And uh, what's your, your land uh, size? What's your farm size, John? Um, the land, the land it's, it's, um, it's, very, it's a high altitude land. It's the highest point in the farm is 1,000 feet. And it's very 
rocky. I couldn't, I wouldn't be able to plough any of the fields now. Um, it's not arable land. It's, it's quite elevated and it's actually difficult farm to farm enough. Uh, yeah, sounds could be could be more suited or, or would have been back in the day probably suited to being a sheep farm. I'd say, John, would it? Um, I could if I could keep them in. The fencing would be a problem because uh, uh, my farm is quite uh, unusual actually for the area because there's a lot of stone walls around the fields. So that would be a, a major obstacle to sheep farming. And the uh, the herd you have at the moment, you're, you're in around circa 40 cows and you alluded to it there at the start about um, trying to purchase organic uh, dairy cows. There is a, there is a rule there uh, when you're organic dairy. You are allowed to purchase some conventional animals. What way does that work? Um, yes, you're allowed. Um, it's quite complicated. Um, you're allowed to purchase 10% of your adult herd, which an adult herd would be any animal over two years of age. So let's say if you had 40 cows, you'd be able to purchase four animals from a conventional farmer. But you would have to prove that you looked for them type of animals in an organic system first. So it's not straightforward. You know, you have to make an effort to try and find them organically, but they're not out there. But 10% is the figure. And I wouldn't be able to buy a cow from a conventional farmer. The nearest thing to a cow I could buy is an in-calf heifer six months away from calving. Mm. for her make to be organic when she'd um, calve down on my farm. So it's very restrictive and um, quite difficult to source replacement stock. And how does that work on day one, John? You 10% of your existing herd, so you're 40 now, so um, you buy four. But yeah, on day on one, day, when on, day, on day one, when you're making a change from, as a once-off, when you're making a change from beef to dairy, you'll get a, a, a special derogation of 40%. And you try and maximise that. But... Um, what I did, I, I just happened uh, to get, there was a, a dispersal sale of an organic herd and I got to get a lot of those. Yeah, because we're talking about breeding and I had Joe Patton on from Chagas Moor Parks on uh, next week for the conventional dairy farming. And look, breeding, 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 EBI, DBI, the National Genotype uh, Scheme, which has just been launched. That's what it's all about. So I suppose in reality, if you are being limited to that, it is uh, quite a disadvantage to try to get up to high genetic merit in your herd. Yeah, it's a huge disadvantage for me there now because when I bought the cows, they were all in calf and it's only this year that I'm using AI and trying to breed what I want on the farm. Mm. And to uh, tomorrow, uh, John, the event takes place at 1pm and as I said, you have a, you have a big line-up here. I'm just looking at it in front of me. You have Pippa Hackett, Minister of State. Uh, you have a speaker from Board Bia, a speaker from the Department of Agriculture. You have Marianne Mulhall there, Leash uh, Chagas Organic Advisor. You have um, someone from the Organic Trust and someone from uh, IAFCA, the Organic Association. Yeah, so, organic Association. Yeah, so it's a, it's a big lineup. Usually at these farm walks, there might be one person, two people, but you have one, two, three, four, five, six people added. Well, so they're, you're, you're going to have all a, lot of, a lot of information. There's a lot of information, but they're all relevant to the dairy to the dairy business. And we also have the milk processors invited just... I suppose it's just to join in the conversation, walk the farm first and we'll go down then to the yard and we'll have a discussion, answer anybody's questions. And we're trying to have it as as relevant as we can and as many people directly involved with it as we can. And we also will have hopefully some feed merchants there just to answer questions more so and to maybe get to know the people and the people to get to know them. Because sourcing meal can be a bit of a nightmare as well as price it's also very scarce and there's not very many companies doing it. So we'd like to build up a relationship, say, with 
feed merchants with with the process milk processors and and we're trying to I suppose give people an opportunity to do that because there's not too many meetings where you can um you know, meet them as a group. Yeah, no, 100%. Uh, John, and as I said, before the break, we were talking about the Moor Park Day and it's about balancing sustainability and profitability. The organics is no different. Obviously, it's it's a, it's a hugely more sustainable system uh, given you don't use the inputs. However, profitability, how are you finding it, John, over the last couple of years? Is there money to be made in organic dairy farming? I'm, I'm probably finding it difficult now with the, this year with the milk cuts because the, the milk price at the moment is nearly on a par with somebody with high constituent milks in the conventional system where like the meal could be up to double the price of the conventional system um, and we would have a lot less animals on the farm because we wouldn't be using fertiliser so it's challenging there now at the moment to say the least. Yeah and that's exactly why people can go to the event and they can find out all about this. John I'm going to say many thanks for joining me here on the programme. It's on your farm tomorrow uh, your uh, Knockbawn Abbey Leaks. On, 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 on my farm in Spink um, Abbey Leaks at 1pm and anybody that has an interest in, in thinking of going down that route or maybe that's there already and wants to know more um, are very welcome. Very good. Many thanks for joining me John. Thanks MJ. Uh, John Fitzpatrick there and that event as John said is on tomorrow on his farm in Spink and if you just google IFA organic dairy walk leash it'll pop up and there's an air code but there's no point me saying it to you because you won't get it written down in time so if you just google that and you pop, it'll pop up for you and that event is one o'clock tomorrow and lots of information there to be had it is interesting in the organics as well that you're not getting paid for high constituent milk a lot of the organic processors of course they're not uh, making butter so they don't need that uh, that high level of fat in the milk to uh, to take it off and it's a more of a flat rate and again they're the kind of things you learn tomorrow if you go to that event and you're thinking about organic dairies dairy farming I should say uh, now after the break we're going to be talking about the FTMTA event it's a biannual event huge event and it takes place in Punchestown next week and we're going to hear from Carl Dygan he's the president of the FTMTA he lives in County Offaly but he's from County Westmead so stay tuned for that Country Life on Midlands 103 brought to you by W. Orshaw Burlington Business Park Tillamore supplier of New Holland's tractors in the Midlands worshaw.ie and you're very welcome back to Country Life here on Midlands 103. Now we're moving on to farm machinery and we have Carl Dignan on the line. Carl is originally from uh, Rochford Bridge in County Westmead. Carl, you're the president of the FTMTA and many thanks for joining me here on the programme. Now, Carl, can we, do we have you there? Yeah. Oh, good man, Carl. Uh, as I said, president of the FTMTA, Carl, and uh, many thanks for joining me here on the programme. You're very welcome, Andrew, and thanks for having me. Uh, more than welcome. Look, big event coming up next week, Carl, and people will be familiar with it, uh, especially if you're a machinery enthusiast or indeed a contractor or involved in buying or selling of machinery. This has turned out to be, it's a massive event, uh, Carl. It's a biannual one. It's up in Punchestown and uh, I think everyone knows about it at this stage. Uh, well, I'd be hoping so, yeah. It's a massive event. Like We've been running these shows for just a little over 30 years and they're a massive platform to introduce I suppose agricultural technology, food production systems, and you know services directly to the end user, like an opportunity they don't get at a lot of other shows. Yeah, I'm looking at a couple of pictures here online in front of me, and the one thing that stands out for me, yeah, look, there are a huge amount of 
machinery. There is a huge amount of machinery, I should say, from the continent and from Europe. But if you're just looking at it from an Irish perspective, people often talk about, you know, the fantastic uh, beef and dairy industry we have here in Ireland, the amount of people we feed. But we have a a pretty strong machinery export trade as well. I'm looking in front of me here. I'm seeing McHale and Cross and Abbey, Malone, Connor. They're just to name a few. They're all really, really solid Irish companies producing a fantastic product. Yeah, we're very lucky here in that we have some great manufacturers on the island itself, and and they're a credit to us. Uh, the, some of them are, are making inroads all over the world. Some of them are just uh, focusing on Europe, but it just stands to to them, and it's I suppose it's a credit to our farm agricultural industry here in Ireland. I can we're so focused on it, and but we. Uh, we uh, have numerous manufacturers from, as you say, not just in the Republic, but on the island itself. Like in, you take in Red Rock NC in Northern Ireland, you go back down and you have Brahans, Keenans, High Spec, Abbey, you named a few of them, Smith Trailers, Malone, McHale, Cross. They're and these are massive employers in it's, order it's kind to. of um, it's kind of something Carol I think gets overlooked a little bit like you know we, as I said we keep talking about you know the dairy industry the beef industry sheep industry we talk about all these different areas but like the amount of people that must be employed in manufacturing of machinery like it's obviously thousands and thousands of people it's a massive massive industry in and itself it is and like in the mainstream people talk about the bigger say single employers like Intel or companies like that, they forget about the farm machinery industry here in Ireland. Between the manufacturers, the importers and the dealers were massive, massive employers. And that this we're like farming, we're we're keeping rural Ireland going like. Mm, yeah, we're bringing jobs to rural Ireland and that's it's often underestimated. Yeah, hundred percent. And uh, your day job, Carl, as well as being the uh, president of the FTMTA, you're working for a, a large, large company. You're working for Class. Your what's your role with Class, uh, Carl? So I'm the, I'm the area sales manager for Class. They covering all products. I've been with them since to June two thousand and six. So I, I just recently celebrated an anniversary there. The and. And we're talking so about we the know. yeah we're talking about the Irish companies. It was obviously, Class being a, uh, an international company, Class huge, huge global global company, like massive reach altogether. Massive reach, like we're global companies. We've factories all over Europe. We've uh, a factory now in Asia. We're we've a small factory in in Africa as well, more of an assembly plant. But we've parts production facilities all over the world you know it, they're a massive employer like 11,000 people employed directly and something people will always see is a, or always when you think of class you'll automatically think of a combine it's just it's something that pops into your head but something we're seeing more and more especially in the last few years is the class tractor um, how's that market going for you the, the area of tractors uh, Carl? The tractor thing uh, since we took over Reynolds in 04 has it's gone from strength to strength with us the we're gaining ground every year. That you have to understand, we were new to the tractor business, so it took us. A, we were a bit slow to get going, but we've got the momentum behind us now, and uh, we're a brand that people aren't afraid of anymore. And what spec are you uh, horsepower-wise? What do you go from smaller to to bigger? 
we'll go from an orchard or vineyard tractor of 40 horsepower right the way up to 550. Oh yeah, the whole spec. Yes, very good. Uh, and but, spec, but, yeah. but as I said, when you think class, you think of a combine. Uh, we talk about the, the tillage industry here, obviously tillage, tillage industry in Ireland, um, under a little bit of pressure with the, the price dairy farmers are paying for land at the moment, but still when a crops are in the ground, they need to be cut. What kind of market share does class have of the, the combine market in, in say, uh, Ireland or this part of the world, uh, Carl? In Ireland, currently this year, I wouldn't know, but generally we're running around the 50, 55% yeah, so, so half of all combines out there are class. It's, yeah, it's not surprising because yeah. this is something that always comes to mind on it. But class, your own company are going to be up at the MTM, FTMTA. All the Irish companies are going to be there. All the European brands come in. Like This is a big deal. Like A lot of people spend a lot of money to come to Punchestown for this. Yeah, it is a big deal. And we do. We all spend a lot of money to come here. The because in fairness, it is the premier show for machinery, like and it's completely machinery focused. It's like there's no fashion shows, there's no livestock to distract from us, you know. So the people that are coming here are solely coming to look at. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a bit it's a bit it's a business event, isn't it? Really, it's a business event. It's for. It's, it is a business event. It's not a, a, well, it's a type of social occasion as well, but it's more a business event and people come and like this year alone, we've numerous companies launching new products and there's other companies, the first public showing of products in UK and Ireland. So there's a lot to see this year, like. Yeah, very good. Uh, tell me, when, what day is he on next week, uh, Carl? What time do you open at and uh, what's the admission fee? Yeah, so 5th and 6th of July, Punchestown Event Centre. The, the gates are opening at 9, the 6 o'clock finish. This year, we've the entry fee is 20 euros, so it's actually good value for money when you consider there's a lot of every, these events are costing 25 euros ahead to get in. The, and we've realised that people are under pressure, so we reduced the price a bit to, to help them out. But... Look, it's going to be a good event. There's something there for everybody. The, whether you want to have look at renewable energy sources, there's people there from banks, insurance companies, there's technology stands, the latest less equipment from the various manufacturers will be in display. There's the launch of some new products. The, the world's largest more will be on the site. The, and, of course, for the people that are the grass metal, they're, they're always a big attraction. Mm. Uh, and so there's plenty for everybody there yeah very good well uh, many thanks Carl look you're going to have a massive turnout for it I'm going to say uh, thanks for joining me here on the programme and no doubt we'll speak to you again in the future many thanks Carl many, thank you MJ thank you thanks uh, Carl Dignan there, president of the FTMTA and that event is taking place next week in Punchestown as Carl said it is on Wednesday and Thursday 20 hour admission I'm presuming children go free uh, I don't actually know but uh, I'd be guessing they do because if you have any little boys or girls who are machu- machinery I should say enthusiasts wouldn't that be the place for them uh, absolutely full of uh, brand spanking new shiny machinery uh, would be a great day out uh, even if you're not as Carl said look it's a business event but if you're a machinery enthusiast you just want to go up for the day and look at all the new uh, pieces of machinery that are on offer uh, a great few hours to be had now that's it for this evening's programme many thanks to Carl Dignan there from the FTMTA John Fitzpatrick joined me from Leash that event is on in his farm Nabby Leaks tomorrow at 1 o'clock Joe Patton from Chagas spoke about uh, Chagas Moor Park the Dairy Open Day is next Tuesday and Darren Carty joined me at the start of the hour speaking about the downturn in the beef trade which is 
not good news and also the sheep trade and that is it for this evening's programme I'm going to thank you for joining me over the course of the last hour uh, I enjoyed speaking to you as I always do and I'll be back this time next week 7pm next Wednesday evening the show is repeated Sunday morning 7am until 8am if you want to find us where you get your podcast, you can just type in MJ space Cleary C-L-E-R-Y and we will pop up you can listen at your leisure until next week good night and God bless Thank you.